0: Welcome to Christ Church. The following is a homily from our Sunday morning gathering in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Enjoy. Well, today we come to one of the major feasts of the church year, the Feast of Pentecost. We find in the book of Acts that the Holy Spirit moves throughout the disciples' changing lives and bringing people into relationship with God and proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ to all of creation. May we have the Holy Spirit again. The feast of Pentecost is not something that was unique to Christianity. It was a Jewish festival. Pentecost celebrated the giving of the law on Mount Sinai for Moses if you remember it the Israelites left Egypt where they had been enslaved they crossed the sea and um, there's this point in which Moses goes up into the mountain and he is given the law the Jewish people would come and they would celebrate the giving of the law the gift of God to them in the temple bringing the grain offering the first fruits of their harvest and celebration and thanksgiving for this amazing gift of the law that was given by God. It was a huge festival, and Jews from all over would have traveled to Jerusalem to celebrate this event. Here, here the Jews would go and they would offer their first fruits of their labor. They would offer the grain that they had harvested and they would offer it to God as their first fruits of thanksgiving. But God turns the tables upon them and offers the first fruits of the resurrection and the giving of the Holy Spirit on that day. Once again, we find as we do time and time throughout Scripture that God comes to us. Oh, would God come to us again? Here, the disciples are eagerly awaiting the fulfillment um, of Jesus' kingdom. Here, they are gathered together and they are awaiting the celebration of Pentecost. We find the disciples constantly asking Is this the time that is going to happen? Is it now? We might think about this eagerly awaiting of the kingdom of God, much like children who await the coming of Christmas. Alexa, how many more days until Christmas? (laughs) Or driving a long distance and asking the question are we there yet? They want to know when is God's kingdom going to come into fulfillment. And it's a question and a longing hopefully we all still have. And while the fullness of God's kingdom has not come now, God gives to the disciples a first fruits of the Holy Spirit. Now, the Holy Spirit is not some sort of part of God that has been hidden up until now, like hiding under a rock, awaiting the right time to show up so he can jump out and say, aha! The Holy Spirit has been at work throughout the scriptures. The Holy Spirit manifested upon the disciples in an amazing way, in a powerful way that changed them and changed the world we hear in the reading that there's this amazing sudden rushing wind reminiscent of the Spirit's hovering over the deep at creation. How the Spirit brooded over creation like a mother might brood over her children. Or we might hear this sudden rushing wind and we think about the giving of the law to When God speaks to the Israelites, the book of Deuteronomy tells us that God's voice thunders from the mountain with fire and with smoke. And if God had any sense of humor, a clash of thunder would happen now. (laughs) The rabbi said that this thundering voice was not just for the Israelites that it was a gift and a message for all of creation. The rabbis in Jesus' time said that this voice split into 70, representing the 70 known worlds at the time, that this was a universal gift and message. In other words, the Holy Spirit does in this case what it always does in descending upon all of creation to bring all people into right relationship with God. Now let's go back to the story in Acts chapter 2. There's these Galileans, that's all the disciples were, they were Galileans, and that's just another way of saying they're simple country folk. We might even think of them as sort of backwards. And suddenly, through the power of the Holy Spirit, they are able to speak in the languages of the world, and the people that are gathered from all the world are astounded, Just a few moments ago, they're saying, we heard these people who have really bad accents and sound like hicks, and suddenly they can speak all of these languages? How is this possible? How could these fishermen suddenly be so powerful? Some see it and think that they must be drunk, to which Peter responds, how can it be drunk? Now, Peter had never lived long enough to see a big 12 game kick off at 11 (laughs) a.m., So he did not know that it was possible to be drunk at 9 a.m. And Peter says, look, this is what the prophet Joel said was going to happen. That there was a time in which the spirit would descend upon all creation and the sons and daughters, they would prophesy, the old would have dreams and to the concluding point of that message from Joel is that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Now, this message of everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved sounds just like, oh, yeah, that's a great message. But in the midst of the prophecy of Joel, they are, the people are calling out for God to judge the world, to punish those who had punished Israel. Aren't you going to stand up, God, and defend us against your enemies? And to this, Joel says, hey, God is going to make the world right. And it may not look exactly the way that you think. Because everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord is going to be saved. And this is the gospel proclamation. Those who call upon God will be saved. And it points to the covenant that God made through Jeremiah. Jeremiah. Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah, not like the covenant that I made with their fathers on that day when I took them by the hand out of Egypt, my covenant that they broke time and time again, though I was their husband, for this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after these days, declares the Lord. I will put my, my law within them, and I will write it on their hearts. So the Holy Spirit promises and preaches the hope of this new covenant that is given through the and, and made, made real through the power of the Holy Spirit. Judgment in Scripture looks less like destruction and hellfire and brimstone, and it looks far more like a harvest. For the Spirit opens to us that Jesus has a heart for the outsiders, and the Spirit uses us. Even when we are not in positions of power or authority, and perhaps even more uses us when we are among the vulnerable and the marginalized. To bring this message of salvation to the world, to, to bring the good news to all people that those who have always seen themselves as outsiders are actually included by the power of God's work in the Holy Spirit. That God belongs to all whose hearts are open. Now that was supposed to be the end of my sermon, and yet another senseless act of violence occurred in our country, and this one hit a little too close home for us. Follows, of course, the violence in Uvalde and the violence in Buffalo and the violence that seems to happen throughout our country. Father Justin pointed out on Facebook that there is nobody who is not touched by this because who among us has never been to St. Francis? That was the place that Kristen would go to visit her OB, and it was the, the it, it, providing a quick access into labor and delivery. I've been there countless number of times to pray for people who are having day surgery. How is it that we are to make sense of the senseless? And this may have been the very thing that Jesus was trying to do when he prayed out to heaven, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? When I sat there and I thought about why, how, my mind through the promise of Jesus that he offers in John's gospel. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you and I will ask the Father and he will give you another comforter to help you and to be with you forever. In the midst of tragedy and pain and hurt, what is it that the Holy Spirit does for us? Archbishop William Temple says the suggestion of the word paraclete, which is what the word comforter is, is one that makes us brave and strong by being brave and strong beside us. That the comforter is one that makes us brave and strong by being brave and strong beside us. To strengthen us is the best way to console us, Temple says, for it brings bracing consolation and not a relaxing sympathy. In the midst of tragedy, in the midst of life, the Holy Spirit does not provide us platitudes. That's what humans do. We don't know what to say, so we sit there and we say something that we saw cross-stitched on a pillow. The Holy Spirit strengthens us. Think about it when you were hurting. Do you want empathy alone or do you want someone courageous and strong next to you so that you can be courageous and strong? God's Holy Spirit not only comforts us, it strengthens us. We see this throughout the book of Acts and the times in which the disciples should have said, this is just too much, I give up, I'm going home. The Holy Spirit was there to say, you still have more to do. Their strength and our strength is derived by the Spirit's strength within us. The Spirit strengthens us to speak up and to advocate to see that these things don't happen again. That the Spirit strengthens us to walk alongside the hurting. And the strengthens us to forgive the unforgivable. Amen.